you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and I am excited about today's show and today's guest because I have a very special international world traveling guest literally for you today. I will read her introduction and I am excited to work with this woman. We are collaborating on an international, soon to be international, best-selling compilation. And we'll tell you more about that on the show. My guest is Don Bates today, who's joining us from Brazil today, guys. So Don Bates was born in the UK. Don is best known for her profound wisdom, truth-slaying, and high energy, not to mention a trademark giggle, which is as infectious as a flu epidemic. <laughs> as well as being an international best-selling author, author, coach, and strategist, and ghostwriter, Dawn is an online entrepreneur specializing in developing step change strategies and global visions, underpinned with powerful leadership and profound truths. She writes for various magazines, and when not sailing around the world on yachts, she appears on various media channels, highlighting and discussing important subjects in today's society. Dawn's first trilogy, the trilogy of life itself, is powerful. It brings together the multifaceted aspects of the world we live in and takes you on a roller coaster ride that will leave you wanting more from life. A body of work that captures life around the world from the last 30 years it is a time capsule that inspires, motivates, and empowers all who read it. Dawn's expertise lies in making you rethink your life whilst harnessing the deepest freedom of all, your own truth. She's an authority on leading others to create exceptional results by igniting the passions and fire deep within and shifting them from fear, feelings of imposter and self-doubt to living life where they are free to speak and live powerfully. Don, it's a pleasure to welcome you to Decide to Transform. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm laughing because that last bit, I was like, if Jocelyn is listening to this, <laughs> she's going to be, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Jocelyn, one of our co-authors from Colorado mm. in the United States is listening to this. And uh, yeah, this is going to be great. Um, I hope all of our co-authors and many people around yeah, the world. Yeah, well, if not, why are they not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's so much, Don, that uh, that I want to ask you about here as um, as we have a conversation today. Yeah, I think people are really curious. You're in Brazil and you are yes. sailing around the world. Is that correct? Yes. All right. I am, yes. That's not nonstop because for me just to go non-stop would just be a bit pointless because there's so many beautiful places for us to visit and explore. Yeah. yeah. So I, I spend a bit of time in each of the locations that I go to. So those that sail around the world, like rapidly non-stop, you know, spend a week or two here. Uh, no, I like culture. I like meeting new people. And the more we learn about others, the more we learn about ourselves. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that, that uh, we certainly share is that love for travel, um, having mm -hmm. lived internationally. So how long do you stay in one location? Oh, it depends. Because if, um, I mean, I'm averaging around about four to six months in a country. And that was before I was quarantined in Argentina for nine months. Okay. Um, so... Because then, you know, you, when you think that I started in New Zealand, um, that's quite a big country. It might, you know, it expands to, there might not be that many people there, mm -hmm. um, but it's a very long and thin country. And then Australia, Vanuatu was lots of little different islands. 
Um, but then when I got to Tenerife, I missed the uh, trade winds. So I ended up staying there longer. So a lot of it depends on when the boat parts are ready or when the boat is ready. Um, has customs given us the go ahead to leave or enter? Um, what are the winds doing? So depending on all of those, I mean, I live by the wind. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so if the wind is ready, we go. If it's not, we stay. Um, and sometimes you miss the opening. I mean, we did a boat delivery from La Linea, which is near Gibraltar and Cardiz in um, the south of Spain. Uh -huh. um, and um, we were four days late leaving because uh, the captain wasn't organized. Um, and I was getting quite frustrated. <laughs> Military precision. Um, and um, so we ended up um, leaving four days late, hit a storm. And then I needed to have dental treatment because I went overboard and smashed all my front teeth. So I needed oh. to have dental treatment when I got to Lanzarote, which then mm. meant that I then missed another boat delivery um, to the next island. So I ended up in Tenerife waiting for the trade wind. So I was there for a few months. And uh, okay. But, you know, it just gave me more opportunity to explore the local area and get more mm -hmm. work done while I'm on land. Right. Okay. Well, that sounds like fun. And um, how, how did you start this? I mean, I think this is what people are wondering, right? Is, is okay, you're sailing around the world and this is what you do. Yeah. How, how did you begin this journey? <laughs> um, I've just been asked that question in a different interview um, that I just mm. had earlier today. And um, as with anything like this, it's never an overnight thing. Um, you know, it's been building for a while. I mean, I was married. I've always wanted to live at sea since I was okay. eight years old. Oh, all right. Well, I actually said to my mother when I was eight years old, I'm going to go live out there. And my mother, knowing me, was like, she had no doubt in her mind that that's what was going to happen. And I have a habit of saying things are going to happen. And people doubt me, but then the people that have got to know me over the years have gone, yeah, okay, if Dawn said it's happening, it's happening. No. Um, <laughs> but my, I mean, I met my ex-husband um, so, uh, nearly 25 years ago. Okay. We got, and he was not an ocean person. Mm. So it was a compromise. And then when we got divorced six years ago, it was like, okay, I can go do this. But I have two children who live at home with him. Um, I said, well, in their home, I mean, the UK is not my home anymore. Um, but I was going to wait until my youngest was at sixth form at university. And then one night I was in the bar, in the bath, listening to a podcast. Next thing I know, I'm on my knees. The universe has given me a, a smack in the face and said, this is happening now. All right. Um, and I was like, I got out of the bathroom and I said, boys, I can't do this anymore. I've got to go. And then my youngest, <laughs> keeping things very real as children do. Well, mummy, it's probably a good idea. You know, if you wait until I go to school, you'll be too old to go and do this. So you better go oh. do it now. <laughs> so right. the boys and I then flew to yeah, the boys and I then flew to New Zealand, um, had a five week holiday there together. They flew home. I had a return flight uh, for six months later. Um, but it just trusting the universe and just knowing that just putting one foot in front of the other, everything would work out. Joining crew, uh, I joined um, a, a platform called Crew Bay. So I looked for crewing positions um, because over the last three years I've been on 17 different vessels. So oh, wow. 17, yeah, because I'm writing okay. a series of books on leadership and cultural diversity. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, yeah, and it's just been one boat to another, one country to another, one foot in front of the other, just mm -hmm. trusting that it's all going to work out fine. And it all is right. doing, and it's better than I ever imagined. It's, there's been some really hard days when I miss my children, such yes. as being quarantined. Mm -hmm. um, three days before they were due to fly out to be with me, their flights got cancelled. So I haven't seen my children in person for almost 18 months, and that's really oh. painful. Right. But, you know, we have Zoom, we have Skype, mm -hmm, um, yeah. we have WhatsApp to send cheeky pictures and silly voice messages and videos to one another. So, you know, yes. 
<laughs> you make it work, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you do. That really does have to be difficult. Are there plans for, um, for you to see the two of them in the immediate future or mm. near future anyway? Yeah, well, see, I am um, recently when I was in Argentina, I was like, okay, I really want to see my children. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, and my boys were like, you are not coming back to the UK. You said you were going to sail around the world and you're going to sail around the world. And I was like, okay, All right. don't you boss me about, I'm still your mother. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I had to look at, okay, I'm in Argentina. What borders are open? I'm saying I'm sailing around the world, but I want to see my children. So I had to make the, the really difficult choice, which wasn't really a difficult choice because the mama kicked in. I flew from Argentina, Buenos Aires to Brazil um, and broke my um, sailing around the world because I was like, my boys can fly into Brazil, but if I wait for the, flight, the borders to be open for them to fly into Argentina, I have to wait until February next year. I can't wait that long. Mm -hmm. I am not gonna wait that long. Um, and so my boy, my youngest is flying out to meet me, uh, at the end of this year, he will have his birthday and new year's Eve with me. Okay. I love that. And, All right. uh, my eldest says, mommy, I'm not coming out there. I've got exams to do. Mm. I'm like, what? He goes, well, okay. I've got exams. This is my final year. I'm like, I'm only asking for two weeks because mm. no, I've got study. I'm like, oh God, when did you get to be so responsible? Oh, wow. And how old, <laughs> how old are your boys? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd think they're older than I am. It's me that wants no. them to bunk off school, not the other way around. Right. My youngest will be 14 <laughs> in okay. January and my eldest will be 18 in February. Yeah. So I've had to go through that. I'm not going to be with my eldest son on his 18th birthday. Mm -hmm. And that's really got me. Because I was like, right. oh my gosh, okay, I'm not going to be with him. And yes. he's like, eh, it's, it's just another day, mummy. Well, <laughs> and there are probably a lot of people listening right now who uh, would say, okay, at 17, as a 17 year old youth, if someone, a parent, had invited me to Brazil for two weeks, I'd have been in. Right. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is wrong with this boy? <laughs> so right. responsible brazil yeah yeah but uh yeah the responsibility yeah. brazil or the that's uk good. brazil in summer or uk in winter yeah. oh yeah <laughs> i think a lot of people are thinking well, I'd, I'd take brazil yeah. <laughs> so. oh my youngest was all over it he was like yeah i'll come i'll take mm -hmm. him two weeks so my youngest is coming out for about three and a half weeks oh, yes. uh, we're gonna have some mad adventures here and um he's gonna go back wind his brother up and go, oh, it was so awesome. Um, but when my eldest finishes school, I should be flying him to Japan because he wants to go to Japan. And I've said to him, right, okay, well, you can fly to Japan then. And, but by the time you've done that, you know, I've got to understand that my children are grown, you know, that they're growing up, they've got their own ideas about what they want to do. Um, and um, he wants to go to Japan because he's into all this anime and manga stuff. And he's uh, into robotics and physics and computer science. And what better place to send a child than Japan? Okay. You know, mm -hmm. for having studied and done incredibly well. Yeah. You know, send them there. And he goes, well, I'll come see you after I've been to Japan then. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not going to be in Brazil then. He goes, eh, it's just another country, mommy. Ah. <laughs> he's not bothered. He's Honestly, mm -hmm. he's so relaxed. He's okay. so chilled out. He's almost upside down. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. Well, it's, it's so interesting how um, our kids and, and I have uh, two teenagers, they're exactly the same age as, as your boys. And uh, it's, it's interesting how different they are. So I think any parent mm -hmm. listening to the show here can relate to that, exactly that. Yeah. So how, how are you finding Brazil so far? Well, I'm actually dealing with a little bit of sunburn, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have not, um, if you, I mean, I've just been in Argentina through the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, and I say, as I was sailing across the Atlantic, 
Um, I actually sailed across the, the last time my body saw sun was when we crossed the equator pretty much. Okay. Uh, for, and two weeks after that. So that was probably yeah. October. To, no, that was probably November, middle of November, because it took us six weeks to get there. So yeah, middle of November. So it was about a year ago today that my body saw sun and I went sunbathing uh, uh, and playing in the ocean on Saturday. Okay. And my skin has gone, ah, what's this hot stuff? So, <laughs> but Brazil is, I mean, the people here are beautiful people, very warm, very welcoming. They love the fact that I can speak Spanish and I'm, I'm really interested in learning Portuguese. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, it's nice to be where I am. The rain is amazing. Mm. Like we've got Amazonian rain. Right. I mean, we, we think it rains in England and Ireland. We've not seen anything. And oh, yeah. the sun is shining and the rain is coming down and the rain is warm. You're like, oh, let's just go dance in the rain. Mm, right. So. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Okay. Well, and then um, I, I don't know if you know, uh, where where will you go next? Um, or um, So I'm going to sail up the coast of Brazil. Um, okay. And I don't know whether I'm going to exit left across to the Caribbean or continue <laughs> up north and then exit to like right to the top from Salvador to Arecife and then go over to, because there's a lady who... Um, I am, um, oh, she's just such a beautiful soul. Honestly, we've been sisters in another lifetime. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna go and see her um, and then make my way to the States and do my book tour around the States and then uh, head to Mexico, pick up my yacht and then continue to Mexico, Costa Rica. Okay. And then I'll probably do Cuba, Puerto Rico um, before heading up to Canada. Okay. And then back across the Atlantic, down through uh, Scandinavia, the Mediterranean, down to the Cape, mm -hmm. um, and uh, then across the Indian Ocean, all the way back to Asia, then to Australia. I love it. Uh, to finish off in New Zealand. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, how long is that going to take you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> five years 10 years 15 years who cares yeah <laughs> that, that's wonderful well and, and you know as you tell people about this i'm sure that you hear people and clients of yours because you're mm. an author strategist and work in several different arenas in business mm. um i'm sure that you hear all the time people's limiting beliefs and uh, oh. reasons why they would never be able to do yeah. what you do um, yeah, let's talk about this right now. Okay. What, what suggestions do you have right off the cuff for these folks that think, oh, I could never do that? Well, write down all the things that you think you could never do. Mm -hmm. And then next to them say, well, if I did, what would that be like? All right. Yeah. Because the thing is, oh, I could never sail across the ocean. Okay, well, why not? What could it be like? You know, because there are three questions I always get people to um, um, investigate. Okay, what's the worst that can happen? What's most likely to happen if I don't take any action? Yeah. And okay. stay the same. But what's the best that could happen? Mm -hmm. You know, seriously, crossing the ocean? Oh, Tomas, it is just, oh, just, you know, when you are days away from land and you cannot see any land and you have no Wi-Fi and it is just you on the boat and other people are sleeping or they're down in the galley or in the saloon and it's just you up on deck, especially when you're on night watch and at 5 a.m. in the morning when the dolphins start feeding, you know, and you've got a full sky of stars like, and you're seeing the dolphins, like you'll see the flying fish start coming up and out around about half four. And then you'll start seeing all the dolphins. Mm. And if you're like when we were, we just crossed the equator and you're seeing these massive turtles, you're just like, oh my goodness. You know, and when we crossed over and I saw this minky whale, that was oh. a moment because I turned wow. around to say to my boys, boys, look. But obviously my boys weren't there. And then the tears mm. started. Yeah. yeah. But 
the skies that you get to see, the amount of stars that you get to see, the amount of internal work that you get to do. Mm -hmm. And if you can't be with yourself on a boat, looking at 360 degrees of ocean all the time, if you can't be with yourself, they're some of the best things that can happen. You know, you get to read those books that you've been yeah. meaning to read for ages. You get to see yes. incredible. I mean, the night skies when you see all of those shooting stars and those meteor showers that people on land don't even know about, but you're sat there, mm -hmm. like it's like fireworks night all over again. <laughs> I love it. You know, yeah. but that's the thing. When we stop telling ourselves, I could never do that, and we start going, well, if I did do that, what could be possible but if i continue with this belief of i could never do that what's my life going to be like it's going to be of regrets and excuses and who wants to live with regrets and excuses i don't i don't no no i don't think anyone does however we uh, we impede ourselves of course so we lie to ourselves Yes, we certainly do. Yeah, well, and so this is um, this is how uh, you're an uh, your work with an author strategist has led the two of us to mm. ultimately connect. So, um, yeah, tell us what you love about writing and the written word. Oh, wow. Writing is a sanity check for me because my head is so full of stuff because I'm such a geek ah. that I just read lots and lots of stuff. Excuse me one second. <laughs> of course. That sip of tea went down the wrong way. <laughs> um, it's not COVID, don't worry, you're not going to no. catch it. I mean, I know no. we're in different continents, but you know. Yes, for the listener, um, I, we are in different <laughs> continents. I'm not going to catch it. <laughs> the microphone might though um, maybe yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I've always read I mean I read books upon books upon books um, mm -hmm. I'm not so much of a fiction writer or a fiction reader I do like a bit of fiction every now and then okay um, but I love like I said I'm a geek I love mm -hmm. knowledge yeah. I've studied neurology, I've studied theology, I'm doing a PhD in international law and social justice at the moment. I love learning about the human condition. I've just finished reading a book on the gene, the biography of a genome and molecular science, um, you know, because we're, we're seeing what's going on. So it's like, okay, well, I want to know about the science. I don't want to know what the media are saying. I don't want to, I don't care what the WHO is saying. I don't care about what the politicians are saying. I want to know what the molecular scientists are saying. Okay. I yeah. want to know yeah. about what the microbiologists are saying, what we know. I want to understand what they mean. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but it's, people love the film, The Matrix. Yeah. But what they don't understand is that when you sit and you read a book, okay, it's not downloaded in seconds like it is in the matrix, but it is when you read a book and you learn and you have a greater understanding of the world around you and the people around you and why you are the way that you are and why you believe. And it's like, just blows your mind and you get to meet so many interesting people and have so many fascinating conversations. Yeah. But it's also a break from my businesses have always been for the last 23 years involving IT. My first company was software development. So for me, I prefer proper books, as I call them, you know, the paperback books. Mm -hmm. I love yes. the smell of a book. Whenever yeah. I get a new book, yeah. stick my nose in it, or it's a really old book, I stick my nose in it and I breathe in the essence of the book. Mm -hmm. um, but it is an escapism and you know, it can take you to so many different worlds and so many different cultures and ideas. And you, people say that we only use about 10% of our brain, but I argue that most people only use about 10% of their brain um, because they don't want to use it because they're afraid of it. And our fears come from the not knowing. So with the book, I get to learn and I get to read and interpret 
and I can be somewhere. The other good thing about books, especially when you're traveling, is you get to have a, a set of dumbbells that you can just squat with a rucksack full, full of books, or you can lift your rucksack that's full of books. So I don't have a Kindle. And people <laughs> think it's crazy that an author doesn't have a Kindle. Um, but yeah, and you can mm. make notes in it, and you can share books and gift right. books. and Yes. I'm just, yeah. Huh? Yeah. You'd be hard pressed to get paid give... to write See, books and read books, you know? Yeah. Like, what better thing for a bookworm to have? Right. That's yeah. really good. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people share your, your love for an actual hardcover or paperback book that you can actually physically touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially that, it, these days. Yes. The, the increase in paperback sales has gone up because people are on a computer all day having Zoom meetings, mm -hmm. connecting with family. So the, the, the increase in paperback sales has gone up because people mm -hmm. can then switch off their computer and, or their kit and they, they're not looking at a screen, even though a Kindle is not the same kind of blue light that you get from the computer, but actually closing your laptop, not having a device, mm -hmm. people are going back to paperbacks. I love it. Good. good. Well, that's really good to hear because I'm and surrounded. Books look pretty. They're great, you know, and you can just look, yeah. just stand there looking at a book. And when you go to someone's house, Thomas, mm -hmm. what is one of the things you do when they've got a bookshelf? I you go always... over mm -hmm. to the bookshelf. You have a look at what they read. You can tell a lot about a person by the books they read. Just like you can tell a lot about the type of person from the playlist on their iPod. Sure. Well, you certainly can. <laughs> yeah. The books are, are fascinating. And, and also, it's a great conversation piece. It's a natural entree into, so, okay, so you're into this, you're into that. Cool. Tell me more about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, have yeah. you read such and such a book? Oh, have you read this well, yes. book? Oh, have you mm -hmm. read that book? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was reading this book the other day. Yeah, and it's one who's traveled um, a lot myself. I mean, I can relate mm. to the being able to exchange books and leave books behind at a, at a place where you're staying or, or mm. something like that. And you can't well leave your Kindle behind and yeah. uh, give someone your Kindle and say, here, okay, I'll see you in eight months of <laughs> your Kindle. I think yeah. this is the thing. Technology has stopped us gifting to other people in a lot of ways. Uh, yes. Because even when, I don't know what it's like in the States, but in the UK... They introduced maybe about, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, these parking meters in the car parks where you actually have to enter your license plate into the car parking machine. Whereas before they introduced those, you would be able to go and pay for a ticket. And if you was, say for example, you've booked a ticket for say two to three hours. Mm -hmm. If you've come back after an hour, you used to be able to gift someone your ticket and then they didn't have to pay so you were paying it forward then they introduced these ticket machines where you had to enter your license plate so you couldn't even if you'd got like three hours left over or two hours left over you they you couldn't gift it because it didn't match their car and uh. the same with kindles i leave books on buses on trains in hostels in hotels mm -hmm. in marinas in laundrettes and i just swap them wherever i go and I leave a little note. Hi, I really, really enjoyed this book. You know, the other books that I've enjoyed in this genre and I leave them a little note. I hope you enjoy it. You know, connect with me on Instagram. And I leave that, you know, in lots of places around the world. Um, and um, that's something that I've liked doing. I love that, okay. Yeah, I love the, the component about connect with me on Instagram, I've mm. written in there, yeah. Mm. Well, I've got an idea. Next time I'm going to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pay forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, and then so as an author, you've published several books and been involved in several different compilations. Mm. You know, is there one particular book or chapter that you've written that really means so much to you? Uh, you know, is there one that means that is super, super significant that it rises above the others? I think it has to be my third book, Crossing the Line. Okay. Yeah. Um, because that talks about um, what it was like for me when 
I got divorced. Um, I just moved back to the UK after living in Egypt through the uprising. My now ex-husband came back and said, I want a divorce. Oh. And I was like, did you want to talk about it? <laughs> did you want to have a conversation or is, mm. that, is that it then? Um, mm. But it also talks about how I had to dig deep to become the woman I am today. I had okay. to sell my car to pay my rent. I had to send my children to live with their dad because I couldn't afford to feed them. I was on my backside, Thomas. Mm. Um, and then I got into a relationship that was narcissistic um, and predominantly because I just felt such rejection after an 18 year marriage that I didn't love myself, even though I'd waited 18 months. Um, but during that relationship, um, and a lot of people say that when they've read the book, um, when they've known about the situation, that it was a stitcher, but I got arrested twice. Oh. Um, and I was the first time I was put into a police cell for two and a half days, 57 and a half hours by the Scottish police for mm. willful neglect and abandonment of my children. Oh, wow. Um, and I'd only left them for 10 minutes. And if I'd have gone for a shower, uh, while we were on a campsite, I'd have been, you know, I'd have been maybe 15, 20 minutes just washing my hair. I mean, ladies, those of you who have got long, thick hair will know that just getting the shampoo and the conditioner out of long, thick hair takes a good five minutes. Mm. Um, and so it was, crossing the line was about how I channeled that and they people will be able to read a synopsis of that in the breakdown to wake up that's what my chapter is about okay, um, okay. jocelyn bellows curated the book that we've come together to collaborate on but crossing the line goes into a much deeper element you know what was it like processing the fact that a man who i thought was my soulmate a man who i had married and had children with that was no longer in that space i was no longer a married woman i was no i was a single mum mm -hmm. and processing and all of this stuff that came up for me like and i was like oh my god i've really judged other single mums how awful of me you know um, oh. and then what it was like taking my children out of a private school and then having to make decisions and then um, what it was like getting into this relationship and then going through everything that I went through in that relationship and the impact that had on me and my children, the racist Islamophobia that my children experienced, because my children are of Arabic descent. Oh, okay. um, mm -hmm. um, so they experienced that on returning to the UK. But then it was like how I dive deep into my power as a woman and as a, ma uh, and as a mother, yeah. owning that mama fire um and saying you know what i am not going to be beaten and you are not going to arrest me and charge me with these allegations because you're not allowed to do that you have broken the law i'm a police assessor i know my rights i know that i never abandoned my children i know i've never neglected them i did nothing wrong and i am not going to have a man in a policeman's uniform tell me otherwise and i'm not going to have a man sat in the judge in a courtroom with a black gown on and a wig on his head tell me I'm a bad mother because I am not I'm a bloody good mother and it was like that fire you know and studying the law and studying human rights law and studying criminal law and family law while building a business and raising two boys by myself and healing my relationship with my ex-husband who is a very dear friend of mine now okay mm -hmm. um and so that is my favorite book because inside that book it's a very powerful book because it teaches women um because it also t tells them how i actually got to the point of going sailing around the world um and the journey that led to that and trusting and the healing that i did um and it's a body of work that encompasses so much my thinking was if they could if the police could do that to me and if the justice system in scotland could do that to someone like myself who was an entrepreneur for 20 years has raised tens of thousands of pounds for charity champions charities and works on community projects has never been in trouble with the police before and understands english law mm -hmm. and the language imagine what they could have done to somebody from a lower social economic background 
Imagine yeah. what they could have done to someone from a different ethnic background. Right. And imagine what that could have done to someone else's family who wasn't as strong as I was. Mm -hmm. These people needed this information, so I gave it to them. So Crossing the Line is probably my favorite book. Okay. Well, it's not pro no, probably about it. Crossing mm -hmm. the Line is my favorite book. All right. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay. Well, yeah, thank mm. you for taking us through that. I, I was, mm, I was absolutely welcome. curious. That was on the list. Mm. So uh, I had some lists, a list of questions that was on it. <laughs> so yeah, sort of. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned the, uh, your chapter, um, which is, it sounds like that's based on crossing the line, mm. right? Yeah. Okay. And the chapter, let's talk a little bit about this book, the compilation that actually brought us together. Yeah, Breakdown yeah. to Wake Up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Breakdown to Wake Up. And well, tell us some more about that. Tell the listeners about that because the pre-sales just started for this. So, it has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had this message from Jocelyn Bellows mm -hmm. about being on her podcast and being on her panel series um and we were just chatting and laughing and giggling and she was telling me and uh, she said to me she goes oh, i've always wanted to write a book and i said well if i had a dollar for everybody who told me they want to write a book i'd be a millionaire i'd have to do no work um <laughs> because everybody says they're going to be but they never do um, sure. only one percent only one percent of the three percent of people that write a book actually go on to publish uh -huh. um, um and um we were on a call and she was telling me and I was like, well, you do realize that's your book, don't you? Your breakdown to wake up, like, because she has the breakup to wake up. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so she's got this point. And I was like, the people that are appearing on your panel, that, like, why don't you just get them to help you write this book, like curate this? You know, this is much bigger than you. This is much bigger than any of them. This is a book about being of service to others. Yeah. And she just looked at me and she swore at me because <laughs> I was <laughs> like, well, there's no need for that in a very, <laughs> you know, very joking way because uh -huh. she knew I had just called her and this is what I do. I'm like, oh, I see this book in you. I see what this can do for you. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, we were just conversa com uh, having conversations and I was like, and you know, this is how many, you know, this is how much it is for the investment. Um, and mm -hmm. we went through the process, we went through the strategy and we called together, you know, we just put it out in the universe that this number of people would, I mean, she was saying, you know, 12, I was like, no, 15. Um, and she was like, what? I was like, 15, 15 is a good number. And then we like had more people and then I was like, no, no, 15. Um, and it's ended up as, uh, 15, 16 of us. And, um, we've just, you know, here we are. People joined, people loved the message. Um, people wanted to serve. And uh, yeah. here we are, two days after it's gone on pre-release for the, um, well, by the time this goes out, uh, it will be uh, it'll be between pre-release dates. It went uh, live on pre-release for the ebook on the 7th of November. Right. Mm -hmm. um, ready for the paperback to be launched on the 22nd, I think. I've got about four books coming out this month and yes. five books before the end of the year. So mm -hmm. I'm a bit, which date belongs to which book? No, that's um, right, yeah. <laughs> mm. So yeah, it was, it's just been a lot of fun. It's been a very emotional journey for Jocelyn. Uh -huh. um, because if you can imagine, she is leading other leaders. Yes. And it's all right for people to be a leader of managers or a leader of employers or, mm -hmm. but when you're leading other leaders, right, that is a very different dynamic of leadership. All right. um, and leadership is something that I absolutely love. I've studied it and spoken on it for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and um, she, she stepped up and there's been a lot yeah. of tears. Yeah. There's been a huge amount of laughter. 
there's been a lot of swearing on her part, Jocelyn. I am not taking yes. the blame for all that swearing. No, 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 <laughs> all sure. very good tongue-in-cheek swearing, though, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, yeah. It's passionate swearing, shall we say. <laughs> Fabulous. The kind that just slips out, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. When you know you've been called on an excuse or you know mm. that actually I've got nowhere to hide with this. <laughs> I <Right>. hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> but again, as a coach, if my clients don't tell me to tell me that they hate me or that they, um, I'm like, oh, I feel like I've failed. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Well, I mean, writing a book should be a process that's about a tremendous a personal process. growth. It is, mm. it is a healing process. The books I write and publish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a top 10 tips. I don't publish books that are top 10 tips, I don't publish books that are a how to guide. Ah, I publish okay. mm -hmm. memoir, biographical and autobiographical books. Right. If they happen to have how-to guides um, or checklists in them, then yes. But a lot of all the books that I publish are a personal journey. Oh, wonderful. Um, okay. and, mm -hmm. and they are about expanding the brand. It's not, I'm not someone who's going to publish um, someone's work where they've just compiled 30 emails or top 10 tips and, you know, that's just not the stories. They're not the books I write. I publish. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and yours are uh, intensely personal. And this project has been mm -hmm. an intensely personal experience for everybody. And um, everybody involved. Yeah, everyone involved. And and I've written a chapter for this book. Um, my business partner and really close friend Lisa Berry has written a chapter mm -hmm. for this book. Uh, we have a, a a wonderful woman Arlene Wallace who's written a chapter for this book about breaking generational parenting yeah. curses oh. which was very powerful yeah yeah that was resonated with me a lot mm -hmm. that that chapter as a mother yes um, it I was nice imagine. to have a fellow parent writing because mm -hmm. I think we had we had Jason Kendrick writing about the relationship with his dad okay um, and then we had um, Kevin and your your chapter about the expectations Yes. parents you yeah. know the dynamics and how that impacts us mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it, it, the the book has been even for someone who's been a coach for 20 years and that writes the kind of books that i write and have worked on a lot of the books i've uh, yeah. worked on reading the chapters as they've come in on this book mm -hmm. have been incredibly emotional some of the stories I mean, I'm halfway through one of them and I'll start crying and I have to reach out to the person who's read, written it. Um, and, you know, or I've, I've got off the phone after reading um, Jason's chapter no. and I've called, my ch I've called my children. When I finished reading Paul Honeycutt's uh, chapter with his letter to his mum, I was again on the phone to my boys, um, you know, and, when you're doing the work and you're coaching other people to do the work yeah to read some of these stories you're all so amazing and i it's been an absolute honor to meet all mm. of you and serve yeah. with you all because your stories are amazing anyone that reads this book and doesn't shed a tear then goodness knows what's going on for them right well <laughs> just from yeah and, and just from the excerpts that i've read um it, that's yeah. very true yeah mm. who knows who knows yeah there's very very uh, there's some emotional and, and really gut-wrenching stories mm. and a lot of powerful transformation mm. and, and we're we all very much appreciate the opportunity to to serve and work with you and jocelyn Thank as you. well so mm. it's, it's really uh, it's really been a pleasure and this is called um, Breakdown to Wake Up and the mm. ebook is available right now for pre-sale paperback November Yeah, it's available 22nd. on my website. Yeah. Okay. So Perfect. they can find the link on my website at dawnbates.com so Okay. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. definitely go and check that out, ebook. And if you're holding out, like Don and I've been talking about for uh, the paperback, you could actually do both. In fact, mm. you could get the ebook and the paperback as well. Uh, Absolutely. And well worth the investment because the difference mm -hmm. between the ebook and the paperback is the fact that um, in the paperback version, you can actually we have reflection pages. So after each chapter, you've got between two and three pages 
uh, to actually create your own reflections. Um, be, and this is one of the benefits of actually, again, as we were saying, you know, paperback books, you get to make notes and, you know, have a more personal, intimate journey with a book. Um, so it's good to dive into the ebook. Um, and then obviously anybody that does buy the paperback, you know, if they take a selfie and they send it to us and tag us on social media, then we get to say a public thank you to them and share and, you know, invite them onto our shows or invite them to connect with us. And I love it. it's just a, it's a much more intimate way of doing things when you've got a book because you can take that picture, but to dive straight into the ebook as soon as that's, I mean, that's available now and that will be mm -hmm. uh, dropping into their Kindles on the 22nd. So fabulous. This, this is really great. One of the things that's really impressed me about this whole project is how everyone has come together mm. um, as a community and as Absolutely. a team. And I know you're instrumental in that. So <laughs> we all, we all thank you uh, that's for why that. I'm a strategist. <laughs> yes. well, it's, it's a beautiful strategy. I mean, uh, some people have done many compilations. I have not mm. actually, I've published one book on my own and this is my very first anthology compilation and uh, I'm I'm told that they're not all like this no <laughs> right no yeah. uh this is the thing is like you can either go to an author I mean there are all I mean one of uh, someone said uh, there are author coaches and there are strategists and then there's dawn so oh, I thought yes. oh can I steal that and put that on a quote? Okay. And, <laughs> and then, then there's like, Dawn. Yes. All right, and we... then there's Dawn. <laughs> well, I have to tell you something. We may just be finding our show title for this show. And, there's dawn. <laughs> and then there's Dawn. Right. I love it. Okay. Well, this is really, uh, you know, it's just been so amazing to see everybody and uh, follow their posts on social media. And again, mm. the excerpts that, that people have posted are, are raw. Uh, they're visceral. And uh, you know, it, it's very, very clear that people have put mm. all kinds of thought and emotion mm. into this process. So again, mm. we thank you for orchestrating this. This has been a You're tremendous welcome. experience for all mm. of us. Yeah, I tell you, um, when Patrick, uh, when I heard, when I read Patrick's story, because um, Patrick, I mean, his, his journey, because um, we've got Patrick, Cook, Bryce, um, and Stefan all talking about their relationship with alcohol. All three of them are incredibly different relationships with alcohol and the impact mm. that they had on their life. And then we've got Renal McPherson, who is talking about what it was like to have the wounded masculine and her journey with Tantra. Yeah. And oh my gosh, the rawness in those stories, the real depths that these people have gone to just so that they can share these journey and say to mm -hmm. people, you know what, we've all been there. We've all got a story like this. Yes. We've all got a breakdown moment. We've all got that moment where we're on our knees and people look to us and say, yes, we're really successful. People look to us and, you know, oh, I wish I could be more like them or like they've got it all together. And you know, a lot of us are, you know, on our journey, we've had to suck it up and put on a smile and just carry on as if nothing has happened. And then yeah. we're fighting these demons behind us and mm. no one knows. And then we come out and we share a book like this and get together, like you say, as a community mm -hmm. so we can reach more people, so we can serve more people. And then that ripple effect is just such a beautiful thing. It is. And we've all, so many of us have become good friends throughout this journey. Mm -hmm. And the ones of us that had friendships before, we've got a deeper friendship now. Right. And I think that's even more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And, uh, you know, especially in light of the fact that uh, I'm told that most anthologies, you simply email off your chapter and mm -hmm. you get the book in the mail, sometimes months later. So how... how <laughs> I mean, to me, that's just like, oh, okay, just leave your money on the side, mm. you know, kind of, it's not, for me, I, I couldn't work on a compilation like that. I couldn't, for me, I wouldn't want to put my name to a compilation like that. Uh -huh. You know, we are a community. We are yes. doing this together. Yeah. We are holding space for one another. Mm, because when you share mm. these journeys, 
the transformation we go through. Um, I don't think people take the book seriously enough. Um, people read these biographies or these journeys um, and can be quite flippant about them in some ways. Yes. They don't understand the journey of the author, right. which is why I'm an author coach and a strategist because I'm holding space for these people on this healing journey that they're going through and looking at how we look at how the book fits into their existing business or if they're writing the book for the first time, how we actually create a business plan around their book. So not only are the people learning how and you know, learning how to market the book. They've created a product. You've got to be able to sell it. You've got to be able to market it. And if your book is not making you money every single month and more money every single month, then why have you written it? You know, and it's, for example, those of us who are involved with this project. <clears throat> Excuse me one second. Sure. Those of us who are involved in this project, you know, there are... One of the, my duty as the author, coach, strategist and publisher is to make sure that you all get the support and the insights and the knowledge you need, not only to promote this book and do better, but also to make sure your business grows. Right. Yes. And, and yeah, tell us some more about then the, um, the, business aspect of this because so many people uh, have different ideas about how to make money with a book so yeah how do you how do you work with folks on the business aspect um it depends really on how much business experience they've got and how established their business is and why they're writing the book okay so for example um as an author um you can actually buy books at author price Mm -hmm. And then you can have, um, and then have, have them sent to your home and then you sell them. So for example, let's just take, I know a book that sells in Australia for $35. You can buy 200 copies at around about four, four and a half dollars. You sell 200 copies, uh, at $35. You've made a couple of grand profit. Right. That's one way you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use your book as a loss leader or um, and to sell a course that you're doing. For example, my books, yeah. people read those and they go, okay, well, if I want a coach who's not going to get stopped by anything um, and want to step into, you know, their power and their leadership and they want to understand, mm -hmm. they really want to have a global um, view, um, then they can use that to know whether this is the right coach for them. So it can be a sales qualifier. Yeah. It's also a marketing tool to get you onto podcasts. Mm -hmm. The other way in which you can do it is one of the books that we've got coming out next year that um, I was talking with a client uh, uh, this morning. We're actually using it as a system systematic process. So each chapter of the book will go with the month of the mastermind that we're doing. So okay. for example, there's yeah. a group of us that are getting together and we're all contributing a chapter but okay. from that we're actually creating a mastermind um, and people can either buy into the mastermind or they can actually then hire us each individually to get their message out there um, but the book is like a textbook but it's not a textbook because they're all personal journeys with a ticklet so again very personal journeys, mm -hmm. very memoir, biographical, autobiographical yeah. base. But we're saying, if you're going to do this, these are the things you need to have in place. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there will be a tick list at the end, but the main body of the work and the main body of the book. So there's those. And then you can use your book as a giveaway. Um, so for example, if you're doing an event, one of the things that you might want to do is, um, you know, you put on an event and you go, come along to this event and you get a copy of my, uh, you get a free copy of my book. But anybody who knows anything about business will know that the, the book is not free. We've just bought it at an author price and included it in the cost of the ticket, just like we've included the cost of the food, the sure. cost of the hotel, the cost of everything else that we've taken to create mm -hmm. that event. 
so it's about looking at how we because i mean i've been in business for over 22 years okay um and i've been doing um buy-ins buyouts step changes um global expansion plans uh working in the corporate sector as well as startups and then going right. through um whether people are then selling it on the stock market so yeah. i've got a vast amount of knowledge and experience plus mm -hmm. i'm very political um and okay. so i have a very political career as well mm -hmm. um so i bring all of this together um and it's about what is your book doing because a lot of people okay. they only use their book to share information downwards so to attract clients that don't have the knowledge that we have but very few people look at okay well where is this book going to position me mm -hmm. Where is it putting me in this, not hierarchy or pecking order, that's a very negative thing, but if I want to get to the next level and the next, next level, yeah. how is this book that I'm writing going to get me there? Okay. Because when you think about it, really successful people, they don't really want the top 10 tips to being successful. They don't want the how-to guide to do a sales funnel. They're not interested in any of that. Mm -hmm. They want to network and do business with people who are like them. Right. And if you've got, say, like a really massive global leader who is generating, you know, millions every year, has a global reach, global impact, they've already figured out the success of business. Sure. And if you want to be networking with them, if you want to be in their field, write a book that's going to tell them who you are so that you can work with them on a project. So if you're going to write a biographical book, I want to change policy. That's why I write the kind of books that I want to write. I don't just want an international bestseller. I've already got an international bestseller. I've got money. Um, I want to have the Nobel Prize for Literature. That's my end game. All because right. when I get that, that means I am globally recognized for service <laughs> to humanity through literature. Yes. And I know that when my clients read my books, they will see that I have written about some very personal situations. I have named people in my books. I know the law. So my clients know that when they write a book or publish a book with me, that I've actually been through that process. So they know that when they're going through that process, they've actually, they're working with someone who knows what it's like to actually birth something and go deep into the depths of their soul mm -hmm. and stand in their truth. So there are yeah. so many different ways in which we can uh, generate income from a book. I mean, if I get my clients to go, I want you to come up with a minimum of seven ways to increase your income or to generate an income stream. Right. And then from those seven, I want you to think of seven coming off of those. I love it. Okay. And then each of those seven come up with another seven. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. All right. So, so that's your I, homework, Thomas. That's my homework. I, could, I love this. <laughs> I, well, and see, you know, you can give a host of a podcast homework because um, if the host is a geek like I am, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Like attracts like, Thomas. <laughs> right. That's, that, that's right. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, fun. it's just fun to, to think about. So thank you for taking us through yeah. that because I know that's You're going welcome. to benefit a lot of people out there listening because I, I have the same conversations with people that say, I would love to write a book someday. Mm -hmm. I, I really have been dreaming about it etc. And uh, it's, it's mm. very helpful. Now, one last thing, Don, before we wrap up, I have another question. And um, okay. you are involved in some serious discussions, right, about important <laughs> subjects in today's society. Yeah, Let, let's pick one and talk about it for a few minutes. Shall okay. we? Your Which choice. Which one would you like? Well, I was going to let you choose. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, which one am I? Well, mummy martyrdom always um, okay. raises mm -hmm. a few eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Because um, I, I see so many women neglecting themselves 
and okay. martyring themselves for their yeah. children, yes, forgetting yeah. who they are. And they do it and they also do it, you know, they, they serve their children, they serve their husband or their partner and they forget who they are. And then they wonder why they're depressed, overweight, and they're unfulfilled. And then they blame everybody else but themselves. Mm -hmm. And mummy martyrdom is not a badge of honor. It's actually a sign of how little you respect and love yourself. Okay. And right. that is something that upsets a lot of women. Okay, um, sure. And I also say to them, like, if your children are your best friends, you've got some growing up to do. <laughs> I love it. My children love it. are not my best friends. Why would they be? No. Why are your children your best friend? Why are you giving up who you are and disrespecting yourself? Because when you disrespect yourself, you teach other people to disrespect you. When you give up on yourself, you're teaching other people to give up on you. And the amount yeah. of men that I've had come to me and say, you know, I mean, I remember this one guy said to me um, a few years ago, you saved my marriage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sorry. He said, before my wife worked with you, I was about to divorce her. I was like, really? And he said, yeah. He said, because right. she was not the woman I fell in love with, because the woman I fell in love with was ambitious. She had a dream. She had a goal. She had children and she gave all of it up for them. She gave up all of it, everything she wanted for me. He goes and put all the pressure on me and he goes and she no longer was attractive to me but now she's gone after a dream again she's got some she's exciting again he goes she is excited he oh. goes and when she's excited that makes me excited and then that's when women become attractive mm -hmm. when they've actually got something he goes and he said so thank you you saved my marriage no. um and i just burst into tears Thomas. Oh. Oh. Uh -huh. But it's true. Yeah. So many people, so many marriages fail because the women um, and the men pretend to be what they want, think the other person want to be. Sure. So I do talk a lot on mummy martyrdom and um, uh, women being their own worst enemies. Okay. Because if women wanted to earn, you know, that we, we blame men for so much, but women sure. hijack it. Men aren't mm. to blame. We are to blame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And that's just one of many topics, but I, I did want one to take of many. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I love that. Thank you. Because I think that, um, well, that I'm glad you chose that one. There are people that need to hear that right, yeah, right, here, right here on this show. So they don't call me a molecule shaker for nothing, Thomas. Uh, all right. A molecule <laughs> shaker. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. How long have you borne that title? Uh, I think shaker. it's now about four years that I've been called a molecule shaker because just the way I am, the way I live my life, being location free, being away from my children, standing in my truth and speaking my truth. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I mean, truth slayer, people call me a truth slayer. And I heard it in the bio that you read and I was saying, oh, that needs updating. Uh -huh. um, and, um, but I don't actually always have to speak my truth to shake people's molecules. I just have to be me. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just have to show up as you. Yeah. Yeah. Just show up as yourself. Mm -hmm. Shake a few molecules. I love that. Okay. Mm. Yeah. The molecule shaker. Excellent. Well, well, Don, uh, this, I've learned a great deal and this has been a, a tremendous amount of fun for me yes, before. Uh, and yeah. And before we wrap up, um, how can people reach you for more information if they'd like to look at more information about your books or hire you as an author strategist? How can they reach you and get a hold of you? And um, the best place would be my website, dawnbates.com, okay. um, because on there they can actually go to any of my social media platforms. There is, um, they can purchase any of my books, read a little bit about me. There's also videos on there on my Vimeo channel. Um, there are ways in which they can book in a discovery call. So the services, so one-on-one -on -one coaching, there's my Phoenix Rising for Women. Okay. There's my author top tips. There's quite a bit on my website. So wow. that's the big best portal okay. really. All right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. All right. And that's dawnbates.com. And also mm -hmm. the link for the pre-sale of Breakdown to Wake yes, Up is that, there. Yes, that is well. already there. That's, that's under uh, dawnbates.com. Uh, published works, books by clients, I think, or client, but, but mm -hmm. they'll go to 
my website and see published works and they should be able to find it. Fabulous. They'll see my books as well as my clients' books. There are some client books on there that I can't, I can't share because I was a ghostwriter. Oh, yes. Um, so I can't share that. So, mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah, no, no, but, uh, yeah, yeah, ghostwriting. Well, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I've certainly enjoyed the foray I've had into that for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and Don, this has been such a pleasure. Uh, we're going to have to thank do this you. again uh, because this was a lot of fun. So, yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, thank yeah. you so much for being my guest. It's been a real You're pleasure to have you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And this has been Don Bates, all right, the Molecule Shaker, everybody here on Decide to Transform. And make sure you check out DawnBates.com and her published works for Breakdown to Wake Up, among other things. Breakdown to yeah. Wake Up, available right now, today, Absolutely. on ebook. Oh, all right. exciting. <laughs> it, it is exciting. It, it is exciting. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, Don, thank you again. This has been You're very a welcome. great time. Thank you.